Thank you very much. What a pleasure to be here. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> Tom, I appreciate that testimony. My wife and I are in our 51st year of our wedding anniversary, wedding marriage, our marriage, and uh, all this up clear with her is that line the right year, it seemed like just yesterday. But I'll tell you, as far as being a pastor and being in a ministry so long, had it not been for my wife, I would not have made it this far. And <clears throat> Brother Tom had mentioned how that in our uh, rebuilding process of that church, um, a lot of women were involved in the men were working. They stand here today and we had very few men. So the ladies were in her hands with sheets of sheetrock. And some of that was really like even on the ceiling. It was difficult, but what a wonderful time. And you're in an exciting time as well. This is awesome to have a church in this area and have such a wonderful, solid nucleus of people. And I believe that God can really bless you and has already blessed you. And uh, I just pray that you'll continue to be faithful. He has great, great things in store for you. Well, Tom said, my name is Elsie Taylor. That's Lloyd Carr. Okay. And uh, we're, I'm originally from North Carolina. My wife is from Maryland. And we moved to New England many years ago and started, actually started two churches. And uh, the last church is still in existence in Franklin, Massachusetts. But I remember coming up from the South uh, and trying to get people to come to the church. And one Sunday morning, I had a lady who came with her children and she said, oh, Pastor Taylor, this is my wife. I mean, my mother, my mother. And I said, well, that's nice to meet you. And I, I spoke a little bit. She said, it's adorable to listen to his accent. So she had just not obviously came to hear me talk, I guess, because of the southern accent. And I'll never forget, we had a little radio program that we did once a day at noontime. We would have the, the local news, uh, and it was called the News for the Day. And then I would come up and follow it with the Good News program. And it was a five-minute program. And this was back when we had to record on reel-to-reel -reel, uh, tapes. And so I would record that and take it to the radio station, and they would play that. So I'd record like five messages at a time. And it was a wonderful ministry. We were getting folks uh, that were writing in or falling in about the church and uh, it was really funny that uh, someone had written in to ask why do you talk like you do and i guess they were referring to my uh, accent so i thought that would be an interesting uh topic and change it to god changed my talk god cleaned my speech up etc so I thought a very clever way to introduce this program is say uh, something like, well, good afternoon. This is uh, Pastor Taylor, and this is the Good News Radio Broadcast. And I guess you're wondering why I talk like I do. Exactly like that. And lo and behold, that means, believe it or not, lo and behold, when he put 
tape in, it broke. It sounded like, I guess you are Stop right away. The funniest thing, and obviously people listening there thought I had purposely uh, programmed it that way, but I did not. But anyway, it's just the early ministries. I remember up preaching, and it was one of those services where we actually had a pretty good turnout. We didn't have a nursery, and so I would just invite everyone to stay in the service, and I would preach. Well, I was preaching. Uh, honey, let me get my water from you there. Did I not bring it up with Usually have a five gallon bucket and a dipper up here. <laughs> but um, we had a pretty good turnout that morning, and sure enough, there was a lady that brought a baby. Well, as I started preaching, the baby started crying. Well, wanting to be uh, very tactful about this, I just raised my voice. And as I raised my voice, the babies cried loud. So I raised my voice, and the baby cried louder. I raised my voice, and all of a sudden, the lady jumps up with the baby, and she starts going out. And I, I thought I would be very, uh, I'm not sure the word to use, but I called the lady. I said, ma'am, ma'am, you don't have to leave. The baby's crying. It's not bothering me. She said, no, but your preaching bothering him. Bother <laughs> 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 you too much this morning. If you would open your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, nothing new, nothing uh, to me that you probably aren't already aware of. But I wanted to share some thoughts with you and along this line that it was crucial then and if it were crucial then, it's crucial today. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, commonly known as the portion of Scripture where the Great Commission was taken from, Matthew 28, and I'll begin in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this precious church and 
for their sweet spirit and for the desire they have to serve you and be a light in this community and other parts of this area. We just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would continue to guide and direct as they seek a pastor. We pray that you would encourage their hearts, Father. It's a difficult area they're in. And there are many, many souls that need to be led to Christ. And so I pray for encouragement and strength for them that they would not get discouraged, but continue to be faithful to you. Bless now the reading of your word, give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Christ's name I pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, again, as you know, this portion of scripture here uh, would go back to the time the disciples had already gone through a period of time. You remember in John's Gospel, chapter 14, where Jesus was preparing them for his departure, and he said, let not your heart be troubled, believe God also. Well, they were troubled because they knew Christ would be leaving. And his crucifixion, his death and crucifixion were no secrets. Uh, it was nothing that Christ had not already spoken of several times. So they knew about that. And then they had followed through Christ as he was arrested, as he was beaten, as he was humiliated, as he was uh, terribly treated. They see Jesus Christ crucified. And of course, they were filled with fright and hid themselves. And then afterwards, Christ appeared to them before he, 50 days later, ascended up to heaven. So these are some of the last words that we know of that Christ spoke to his disciples. And I would say to you that if I were back in that day and age, at that particular time, and if I were one of the disciples, I would consider it a very crucial time in the gospel plan of salvation. Christ had a plan when he came to this earth, and the disciples made up part of that plan. And so they were a, a, a crucial part of the plan of Christ for world evangelism. So we could say that prior to this time and then meeting with Christ there before he ascended up to heaven, it had been a very, very bad time for them. They were so full of fear, and we, we can read, and many times we may find ourselves critical of how fearful they were and why they would go and hide themselves and why they were not waiting for Christ when he arose from the dead because he had prepared their hearts and he had told them all of these things, but yet we find they were fearful. We find that they were hiding. We find that they, even at, in this scripture reading, we find that some in their hearts still doubt. So it was a very, in their, their eyes and in their hearts, no doubt, it was a very, very difficult time. Remember, they had large crowds of people that had followed Christ. There were people that were shouting previously to uh, make him king. They were shouting, Hosanna to the highest. Here he comes. Here's the blessed one. This is the Christ. Then from that point on, later on, the crowd turned, and the next thing you know, it's crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And then Jesus said, all of you will 
will be offended at me when this time came. And that's exactly what happened. So they remember the words of Christ, but they were not too anxious to follow his commands. And this is later pointed out when Christ came to them and upbraided them or rebuked them because they had not believed completely in him. They had not taken it part, obviously. Again, I don't want to be too critical of them because I find myself many times falling far, far short, and I don't believe I could ever have uh, walked in the shoes of those disciples. But it seems at that time, it was a, they were losing ground politically. It, in that time, they were losing ground in, in, in the ministry, in the religious world, so to speak. And as we place ourselves today uh, and think about what they went through and we think about today, most people, when they listen to the news and when they talk to people about what's going on in the world today, it seems that we are losing on the political field. It seems that we are losing in the medical field. It seems that we are losing in the field. It seems that we are losing in the scientific field. And it also seems that we are losing in the ministry field. There are times that every Christian, no doubt, what is the use to continue? Or, nothing would use me. Or, what can I do? One other person. What I am doing or trying to do is going to make a difference. If I am doing God's will and goodness in my life, what am I not seeing more results than I'm seeing? So we can understand how this may have felt because we go through some of the very same things today. There are people in the church, in the world of Christianity, that seem to come up with a million and one excuses for why uh, they cannot do better for Christ. Some will say, I'm too old. Some would say that I'm a little too dumb. Some might say, I'm too fastful. Very backwards. Some might say, I'm uneducated. Some may say, I'm too poor. Some might say, I'm not talented, or I'm not eloquent, or I have not been trained. All of these things we tend to make for excuses for why we don't do the will of God, just like I'm sure the disciples came up with reasons why they themselves had doubted the word of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus never promised us that all in all things that we would be successful, but he did say or command us to him to always be faithful. The disciples were commanded by Christ to meet with him at a specific time, at a specific place, and he expected them to be faithful. Jesus had a plan. He needed them to be focused on that plan, and that important. Jesus knew all about difficulties. He knew what they were going to face, but he had already pre-warned them that these kind of things would happen, but they still needed to follow him. And back then it was crucial that the disciples obey Jesus Christ, for the world depended upon them because Christ is going away. And he is going to lead them in charge of the ministry of the gospel to the world. So it was too 
crucial then? Wouldn't you agree with me? Can you say amen? Well, if it were crucial then, it's crucial today. And you see so many churches and so many Christians seem to have gotten away from the original plan. You know, in some of my counseling, I will point out, and I this is not original with me, but I will point out that when it came to marital problems, many people who have marital problems will look everywhere for solutions. But you know what? The Bible only has one blueprint for marriage. And the same is true for the church. Is that not correct? And yet today we find ourselves overwhelmed with so many large churches out here, so many uh, congregations that are doing so many different things to gain people, and they are bringing people into their churches. They are bringing large groups together, but if the overwhelming majority of the American society say they believe in God, then is there not more uh, evidence of it in the lives of people who are professing to know Jesus Christ? You see, if people truly believe the Word of God and truly believe uh, their Christian faith, they would act as light in this world, and I believe salt in this world, and then I believe that we would see the corruption in this world kind of slowly diminish. Would you think so? But the problem is now you can hardly tell Christian crowd, crowd. You can hardly tell a church from an amusement situation or a, or theater or some other type of concert that's going on. We have done so much to bring the world into the church in order to get people that we're actually losing the, the value and the power that is in the testimony of the word of God. There was only one plan. Christ's plan. And we were to go into the world. Look at this in verse 16. The disciples, the 11 disciples, went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them. So here the, the disciples are appearing uh, in Jerusalem, or they appeared uh with Jesus in Jerusalem, but then he gave them specific orders that they were go to meet him at Galilee on the mountain. They were, they were going to be nine miles away, and that was more than likely something they had to do by So Jesus now easily said, I will meet you in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, I will ascend up to heaven, or, or that'll be Jerusalem. But Wanted them a play that he would meet with them, and it was even a hardship. This is for the disciples to meet him. What he wanted them to do, he wanted to have a meeting with them on his terms, in his place, his at his according to his wishes, not making it convenient or comfortable for the disciples but because they had a challenge ahead of them. And that comes to the mandate that Christ gave to them. He said in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, 
teaching him to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So we think about that was the scene of the day. But what about the scene today? The disciples are appearing. They're coming to Jesus Christ. They're still somewhat fearful. They're still doubtful of what he has for them to do. But he says to them, now guys, listen to me. I want you to go into all the world. And I want you to preach the gospel to every creature. I don't want you to just go to one segment of society. I don't want you to select one color of society or one race or one gender. I want you to preach the gospel to all the world. And the same is true for us today. The world back then depended upon the disciples following through with Christ's teachings. And today, even though we know what is going on politically is hard, even though we know what's happening culturally is hard, even though we know what's happening economically in the world, and it's hard, and medically in the world, it's hard. You know, today there are still people that are scared to death of COVID. They still haven't returned to church because of that. The medical world has paid, played a, a number on us. It, it's hurt many, many churches. But when we think about that, God never said doing what I called you to do would be convenient, comfortable, or easy. There will be challenges in the ministry for Jesus Christ. Obedience is what I'm looking for. And obedience may be difficult. Obedience may be challenging. But God knows us better than we know ourselves, and he knows what's good for us. He, it is his will that we would always be obedient to him. You remember Abraham, when he was called, didn't know where he was going, and God said, I'll show you. Moses didn't know what to say, and God says, Joseph didn't know what to do, and Joseph will do it for you. Jeremiah didn't listen. This is just the same one which he preached with tears, but God's Jeremiah, just keep on preaching, keep on preaching. And then the men, man, he didn't have the money, he didn't have the means, or really the message is how can you will supply all your needs according to my riches and just keep on preaching the truth. But I have overcome the world. And Paul did learn that in his weaknesses, Christ was strong. Was strong. So in our obedience, uh, we are expected, uh, or we are to expect difficulties in our life. But yet Christ will see us through just like he did all the ones before us. Now think about this. The people that did not, uh, obey Christ and did not listen to him were not in the place he commanded them to be. But when you and I obey, that puts us in, us in the place where we can then uh, uh, be able to receive the blessings that Christ has in store for us. Now think about this here in this passage. What would they have met at uh, what would they have missed had they not met with Jesus Christ on that particular time, that particular day? They would have missed these astounding words that we have in the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. 
So it was crucial. It was crucial that they obeyed Christ. And I say that if it was crucial then, it is crucial now for us to do the same thing. Notice the next scriptures that we have here. He said, all power, and then this is the message we could say in this uh, sequence of events. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even in the end of the world. Amen. Now again, not to be critical, I'm the least person in the world that has a right to point a finger at anyone else, especially in ministry. But do you notice there that Christ did not say Go into the world and build buildings. He did not say go into the world and create program. He didn't say go into the world and seek out a profession. He didn't say go into the world and seek an aim for yourself. He simply said go into the world. And we know that what he means there is, is gossiping about Jesus Christ. As you go, you share the word about Jesus Christ. Now, as Brother Tom said earlier, it, it ought to be a natural thing for us, since we are born again, to be able to share the Word of God with people. And if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we would be able to find more ways that we could uh, actually identify with those people that God wants us to witness to. The problem with many of us, we let our human nature, we let our fears and our anxieties and our uh, our disposition cloud up the way for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So when we do see someone on the ball field teaching uh, balls with his kids, and the Holy Spirit may nudge us to say something, meantime we say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. That man might get angry at me. That man might be, and now today, offended at me. <laughs> see? Oh, we'll offend them if we say Jesus. We'll offend them if we show our Bible. And so for that reason, many, many Christians are holding back and not letting the Holy Spirit use them. So the message here was crucial. But that message is just as crucial today, if it's not more crucial. And that is the world as we know it need to be taught or converted to Jesus Christ. They need to hear the gospel. And it isn't through your power or my power. It isn't through the glamour of our church or the the talent of our, our choir or whatever, or the personality of our preacher. It doesn't matter about all of those things. As long as we are united together as one to seek out the glory and honor of Christ and fulfill his commission in this world. That's the message to all Christians. That's the message to all churches. And in this statement, I know you've seen this before, but notice quickly, he says in verse 28, verse 18, that all power or all authority is given unto him. So he gives it to them. And then he says in verse 19 that you're to go in all nations. You're not to discriminate against people. Now, again, there are many things out there today and many lifestyles that I totally disagree with. But we still should love those people. We still should reach out with the gospel to those people. 
And we should put those people in our prayers and we should do our best to be a witness to those people and not be filled with hate or angry or bitterness towards those people. Many of those folks are still searching. They're blinded by their sin and their selfishness and Satan who is in the world. And if you and I are not alike to those people, then they will not have lives. So God is telling us to go into <coughs> nations. And then he says, follow all my commands. He didn't tell us to rewrite the Bible, did he? He didn't tell us that we needed another handbook. All we need to do is teach the things that Christ taught them, right? So that was to be uh, the, the uh, plan or the program. You're to go into all the world. Well, what am I to say as Moses did? God said to Moses, tell them the great I am has said things. Well, now when we go into the world and we're to uh, teach and preach all nations, what are we to say to them? We're to tell them respond who loved him so much that he died upon the cross and shed his blood to cleanse the sins Father redeem them from the sins and that if they will trust in the work he did upon the cross they can receive the gift of eternal life. Now what man in his right man, mind or woman or boy and girl would not want to know how they could live forever. Forever. And then he says in verse 28, uh, chapter 28, verse 20, I am with you always. In other words, you have my authority behind you. You have my power. You have my words. You have my permission. You are my ambassadors. You are my missionaries. You are my speakers. You are my spokesperson. You are to go into the world and just be the light and the salt of the earth and share uh, the, uh, the gospel with other people, with the people that you meet. And he says, if you'll do that, I'll be with you. Isn't that a great promise? Loneliness is a terrible thing. And there are some pastors I know of that even though they pastor a great church, they feel like that they're, they're the only one doing anything. And many, to their own uh, poor judgment, have not included the body of Christ in their plans and in their programs. But, but to be alone from a human being is one thing, but to think that God, that you're away from God, that's a terrible thing. But think about how it would be if you have God on your side. To know that he's with you. To know that what you're doing is what pleases him. That's an amazing thing. And you know, no matter what you're going through, we can bypass or kind of step aside here. If it's sickness, if it's difficulty, if it's trials, if it's hardships, medical problems, financial problems, physical problems, whatever it is, you know, as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you, God is with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. And as a church body, seeking to find the right man for your ministry here. You're not alone in that. God will help you. But don't get See? Understand, he's wanting to guide and direct you. He's, he's wanting this really more than you want it. And he's more than capable of placing the right person here, but don't get ahead of him. But on the other hand, don't drag your feet. Because there's a world out here that needs you as a church. But you're never alone. Here's a little point for you. 
We are never alone with Jesus. We have no reason to ever fear. We are never alone with Jesus, for he promised he'd always be here. No matter where he may return, no matter what problem we face, no matter how daring the mission, he provides his marvelous grace. He's closer than mother or father or sister or brother could be. He is our greatest companion, a constant friend is he. He died to bring us to him, and his we ever shall be. We're never alone with Jesus. Trust in him, and you will see. Deuteronomy 31 8 says, Is in the Lord, he is, he it is that doeth go before thee. He will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is he it is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5, he says here, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. And then in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always. So we have the meaning of <laughs> Then he gave them the mandate. He gave them the commission to go out into the world. And the message that they were to preach was that he was the Savior. And listen, again, we're living in a day and age where everyone wants to say every religion is okay. But Jesus didn't go and say, you can share God with people and tell people that it's okay as long as they believe something. He said, go into all the world and teach and convert people to me. It isn't Muhammad that saves. It isn't Buddha that saves. It isn't being uh, a good neighbor. It isn't good works. It's not following the golden rule. It's Jesus. Amen. And Jesus alone. And that is the message that we give to the world. The old hymn says this. I have a message from the Lord, hallelujah. This message unto you I give. Tis recorded in his word, hallelujah. It's only that you look and live. Look and live, my brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. Tis recorded in his word, hallelujah. As you look and live. And that's our message to the world with our guests. And I would again say to you that if it were crucial then, it is certainly crucial today. Father, I thank you today for this opportunity you've given us to speak and to share your word. I do pray, Father, it's been a blessing, but we now pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts in a way that only you can. And only, Father, that uh, in a way that only we should listen to, not our flesh our fearful voices, but listen to the Spirit of God and speak to our heart to not only challenge us, but, Father, to correct us if we need it, but then, Father, to encourage us as we move ahead to carry this message. message. Amen. Amen.